This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, Bellator Society. This is Tracy Eddy, and I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and all the way in Nashville, Tennessee, I have, of course, Fran, and she's got a friend with her today, and we are going to talk about love. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> Good morning, my friend. Morning. I have a friend sitting here with me in-house, in studio, Catherine Cimarelli. Hey! <laughs> she Welcome. Jo- yes, we're so happy. She's joining us, just as you said, to talk about dating. But first, we're going to talk about Catherine, because she is a part of Cimarelli, which is a world YouTube sensation uh, band, because you guys do, you don't just sing, you have instruments as yeah, well, Yeah, we play right? instruments as well, yep. <laughs> And we just asked, she has over 5 million subscribers to their YouTube channel. So if you don't know Cimarelli yet, (laughs) you're You should feel bad about about (laughs) yourself if you don't know. (laughs) But they are absolutely amazing. But I'm going to throw it to Catherine to give us a little bit of background on her. But before I do that, she doesn't know this story. But uh, when we first moved here to town about two years ago, we were going to daily mass and... um, I noticed this like group of beautiful young women who were who would be at daily mass, and I'd be like, "What is? Who are these people? <laughs> this is amazing! I love them." And you know, I have teenage boys, and so I was like, "I need to find out which one of these girls is single and like start something." I mean, these these, these women have found the fountain of youth because they are older than my children. <laughs> <laughs> they were not teenagers two years ago. But in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to start looking for some women because if these girls are at daily mass, these are the girls I want for my children. Totally. Um, so they are just, I mean, a beautiful Catholic family, um, but also enormously talented. And so Catherine, can you tell us a little bit more about you and Cimarelli? Yes. And just, I mean, I'm just fascinated. <laughs> Well, okay, so a little bit about our story. So I'm the second of, there are six sisters. It's actually a little funky, but one of our sisters actually just left the band a few few months ago to just pursue. She wanted to pursue other career paths and she started out really young. So we totally, we support her no matter what. She's but still a sister. She's still a sister, but the <laughs> band right now is five, but it start, actually started as five because she was really little when we started. But we started in 2009 um, and we grew up in Northern California um, in the Sacramento area. We didn't really have any connections to the music industry like our town was not about that at all we were seven a seven hour drive from los angeles so it was not anywhere you know seemingly in the realm of possibility but we are a very musical family my mom has a master's in piano so she um always played the piano she loved singing she was in a christian rock band when she was a teenager um so she taught us all when we were really little to play the piano and to sing in harmony and she almost had this like kind of fascination like she wanted to see how young you could teach kids to sing in harmony so we were like three four or five years old and like singing in harmony together and that was kind of where it all started just this love of music our dad's not he's not really musical but he loves music Mm -hmm. so we always had music in the house everyone was always playing instruments singing like harmonizing together so that was like where it was all born but um in 2009 we had this crazy like very unusual circumstance where we had a video that we uploaded go viral on YouTube. And it was just us, literally me and my four, four other sisters, um, singing a cover of party in the USA. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, it got posted on some like teen blog and it just blew up and it got 20,000 views in one night and which that turned, you know, to hundreds of thousands and that turned to millions. And we were like, Oh my gosh, our dreams are coming true. (laughs) But the craziest part was that that video actually got within like the first week it was discovered by this 13 year old girl in London, whose mom happened to be one of the top managers in, in England. And wow. she, I mean, to this, like she, I think she currently manages like Zayn Malik from one direction. Uh-uh. She ma- managed wow. Ellie Golding. She was this huge, oh huge manager. So she found us, she flew someone from her team from LA up to um, Sacramento to meet us. 
And from there, we started driving down to Los Angeles and um, we ended up getting signed to a major record label. We were signed with Universal for five years. We, wow. we moved our whole lives to Los Angeles, lived there. Like but your parents moved? With my, the whole our family? whole family wow. moved down to pursue this dream. And it was good, but it was also very hard. Like Los Angeles, it can just be like a very yeah. dark place um, right. depending on you know what Do you're tell. there. Yeah, it was <laughs> so yeah, it sucking was, it feels yeah. like. Oh, yeah, especially being a female in the pop industry. Mm-hmm. So that just like really wore on our souls. And after five years, I mean, millions of other details, but the long story short of it is that we moved to Nashville and became independent artists, left our record label behind. And we've been independent artists since 2015. And we've been absolutely loving it. We've toured all over the world. We've released multiple albums and a book. Like we are, we're very empowered to be independent and just do it on our own. And we just, now we just run our business as young women together and meeting at our kitchen table every day. And we love it. We we really love it. So yeah. What I also think is very interesting is that you're also doing something a little bit different because while you are, I mean, amazing musicians and vocalists and you sound gorgeous. Like there's nothing better than sister (laughs) harmony or brother, like sibling harmony. There is something about that, like family blend. It doesn't get tighter. Yeah. It doesn't get tighter than that. I mean, it's amazing, but also at least with your YouTube channel, you're also um, reaching out to people and you're not overtly evangelistic. Right. And yet you are doing it. You are, you are giving people grace through advice, Mm -hmm. through being a real human being in front of millions and millions of people who aren't Mm -hmm. actually seeing real human beings regularly on the, on the internet. Mm. I mean, it's so much fake out there and you guys Mm -hmm. are doing your best as far as I can tell to be real human beings and encouraging other young women, especially um, to be true to themselves, to be I'm going to say holy, but like you, you kind of have to do it in a smart way. Yeah, you, know? you do. Like explore the, the opportunities for virtue without being overtly like, you know, we want you all to be Catholic. And I don't yeah. even know that that would be the goal, but like you want them to be good. Right. And you yeah. want them to have value, you know, yeah. to, to value themselves. And I think that you're doing that very well, too. No, thank you. I pre- That was like another huge aspect of it was when we started out, I was – 17 years old when that video went viral we were young we were all teenagers except for like even I think Lauren was like a preteen and at the time (laughs) but um we kind of along the way stumbled into our place which was we don't just want to make pop music there's nothing wrong with making pop music but we wanted to do something more something that felt meaningful and we had all these young girls messaging us thousands of messages about the you know depression anxiety eating disorders suicidal thoughts like things that they were going through broken homes and we were like wow we need to start putting out a message that's deeper than just I don't know having fun or whatever we always were clean and and like family friendly Mm -hmm. but we started writing songs specifically with these messages of like self-worth body image um anti-suicide has become a really big message for us like we have multiple songs about that there's just been just kind of like trying to be something that this generation needs and we've always been really passionate about our catholic faith but we didn't want to like because we aren't a catholic band we just are catholics who are a band um (laughs) we wanted to put that message of like our faith out there but not like you know, beat people over the head with it kind of thing. So it's, we try to do it in a subtle way, but if you, if you are Catholic, you can probably, you can recognize the Catholic morals within like all the music and the messages. So I'm so glad that some really exist in this world. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You Can I just say like listening to you, you know, talk kind of about your childhood and your mom being a musician and your dad, you know, not necessarily being a musician, but loving music. It sounds like such a happy home um that you grew up in and so it's just such a blessing that you had two parents that loved each other but just poured into you I mean I can just imagine the visual of what you gave of like sisters just singing from room to room and your you know instruments being played and we need more of that gosh we need music education and and things like that because you're so fortunate I love music, but I can't play anything. And I wish my kids had that, like from the time they were little, you know, somebody to just nurture that. um, No, thank you. I appreciate that. And it was like, there was a lot of beauty. I think music was one of the most beautiful things in our family, but I mean, being real with you, it was also hard. Like our family had a lot of struggles and a lot of like really dark things that we went through. And you can kind of hear some of that in the music. Like it's weird when you listen to Cimarelli music, like there is a lot of light, but there's also the contrasting darkness that we don't shy away from that. Like 
we all had our own struggles and issues. A lot of my sisters and I um, have anxiety or depression or both. So we've kind of like talked a lot about mental health as well. And it's like, but I think that contrasting like dark and light, that's kind yeah. of like a big element of Cimarelli. Mm-hmm. And you can you can catch that in like a very subtle way. Well, and you <laughs> well, can't really appreciate the full the, the full spectrum of the light without the darkness. Yes, like right. that, definitely. That too, you know, you, yeah. we don't live in a perfect world. And no, so to deny no. that there is darkness... Um, but really um, prohibits us from from experiencing grace in the way yeah. that, that it was meant to to be you know poured out on us. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that Catherine is an amazing poet. <laughs> oh, thank oh, you. Oh, really? She really is. <laughs> and I don't know if you write a lot of music with your poetry, but I've read your poetry on your oh, on your blog, and it's really thank beautiful. you. You're I welcome. appreciate that. I've been writing poems since I was little, and I yeah. In the band, we we write a lot of we write like all of our music, but um we kind of like have different types of collaborations. Like sometimes one of us will have an entire song done. Sometimes we'll all come together to write a song. I generally just contribute lyrics. I'm not, I I do write, I've written a few songs like with melodies. It'll just come to me. Usually it's weird, but it's like gospel songs when I'm in the car by myself. Like, (laughs) I don't know why that is, but I generally contribute lyrics because I am primarily like a poet. So the Holy yeah. Spirit speaks very that is loudly beautiful. in the car to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally in the shower, shower or the car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shower and car. So I want to circle back for a second and um, go back to the girls emailing you guys with questions and, and that opportunity to really speak into their lives because this is um, what we're talking about today is dating. And I know that you and your sisters did a dating um, video. Oh, yeah. YouTube. We just, yeah. So I don't want to overlap that. Oh, I know, yeah, but I no. don't overlap that too much because I want people to send people that direction because it's so fun and so good. You guys do such a good job. But what kind of questions were girls sending you in terms of like dating and relationships? Oh, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is just, this is like, it breaks my heart to think about this, but like so many girls would basically send us some form of like, I can't get this guy to notice me. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I get him to notice me? Or, you know, I can't talk to my crush or I like this person that doesn't like me back or I'm in this a relationship where I'm not being treated well. And I think the underlying theme is just worth like a lot of women finding their worth in relationships and not feeling good about themselves if they don't have one or feeling, you know, tying their worth to how a guy is reacting to them. I think that was really a big part of it or just or even just being lonely, wanting to find love. I mean, it's because we are created for a relationship. It's so it's crazy how like that is so deeply ingrained in us is that desire to be in love and and almost that thought too that like love is going to fix your problems oh, yeah. yeah yeah i feel like there's such a romanticized and it's it's crazy cuz like i mean i'm a millennial but and my younger sisters are generation z so we kind of have both in the band but um there's definitely like a weird disconnect there of like millennials and gen z are known for being on their phones all the time mm-hmm. and like we're and everyone says it, we're more connected than ever, but we're more isolated than ever. Yes. So it's like people are, there's like the highest rate of being single yeah. in this generation or whatever. <laughs> like crazy. It's crazy. There's like such a disconnect there, but people are still watching all the rom-coms and mm-hmm. still wanting that. Yeah. But we don't have those like relationship skills of like asking people on dates or like, right. that's something I've noticed. Like people don't ask people on yeah. dates anymore. It's so such a weird culture right now. I bet the rom-coms are kind of like foreign films. <laughs> what's happening you're there? like oh if only that would happen but I don't know that's not gonna happen to me that would never happen in real life yeah no, as I yet. always say to my kids like people are so courageous behind their phone but yeah and they may ask you out on a snap or a text or whatever or a dating whatever app. platform <laughs> is being used but yeah. it takes real courage to like look someone in the eye and ask them on a date like that's very, very countercultural, which yeah. used to be, you know, the norm. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. And we're, I can tell you as a 27 year old and like going through this current dating culture, I mean, I'm engaged now, but I've just gotten out of it in the last couple of years. I can probably count on one hand, the number of times a guy actually asked me on a date, like straight up to my face in person. So bonkers. Like the real deal. And I dated <laughs> so many different guys Mm -hmm. and it like rarely happens that they have the courage to be like will you go on a date with me like that's like almost an extinct 
action it feels like like it doesn't feels like it never happens so what did your what did what was the culture of dating in your family like did your parents Ooh. teach y'all about like how like <laughs> you can say yes to a guy that you know who asks you out this way or were, were those things that were even discussed because you are the second girl so yeah. you were probably still the testing ground before they had like real hard and fast rules or <laughs> yeah. even advice uh, my parents it's funny my parents were very like anti-dating so they were like just don't date until you're 25. That was like the advice. <laughs> Literally, my parents said, your brain develops at the age of 25. Yeah. So just don't date before then because it's basically pointless. And ironically, I feel like I almost subconsciously took that to mind because I didn't meet my fiance till I was 25. So like, <laughs> I thought was like the age. <laughs> but I mean, I started dating when I was 17. I yeah. just did it anyway. But I, there wasn't as much of a culture of dating because I feel like my parents really discouraged it. Right. They didn't take it seriously. They were just like, oh, it's pointless. Just be friends mm-hmm. until you're older when you can mm-hmm. actually pursue marriage yeah. like that was kind of the thought so if we dated it was always kind of low-key you know like talk to, maybe talk to your friends about it maybe the sisters but like don't talk about it with the parents because yeah. they just didn't really <laughs> encourage that well you know and I think the truth of the matter is when we are young like it doesn't make sense to have exclusive oh, yeah. relationships yeah. because you're right not just that our brains aren't developed but like we're not in a position to do oh, anything yeah. with those relationships yeah. when you're that young and so I do think like we're we have lost the idea of like um well, I want to say this, like all of our hookup culture is super cash, right? Everything's mm-hmm. cash. And yet there is a goodness to casual relationships in the yes. dating world right. prior to the opportunity to discern marriage together. Mm-hmm. Because you do have to be friends with someone. And how do you become friends with someone but to either go on dates or actually hang out with that person because yeah. you don't actually get to know them with snapping and yeah you know texting and stuff like that that's not actually getting to know somebody Mm -hmm. so dating is useful on that end but we have to I feel like we have to I don't know I don't even know if the word is get back to casual dating but we have to like figure out what that actually means yeah because on the other end it seems like there's like these two extremes that kind of like we're oscillating between it's like on one side you have I definitely kind of was exposed a lot to like the catholic christian culture where it's like people think like, oh my gosh, I asked them on a date. They're going to think it's a marriage proposal. Like, (laughs) so then they won't date at all because they're like, that was another thing. Like when I moved to Nashville, I noticed a lot of the guys here, like, I don't know, some of them, a lot of them were super sweet, really cute. And I was like, oh, like he's single. I did not all discerning the priesthood. No, they weren't. (laughs) That's the thing. But I got, and I was friends with a lot of them. I got asked on one date in two years. Like, it was crazy. And I, I was You're there like, with I'm the beautiful. guys. Like, what is this? <laughs> well, I'm just like, but I'm saying it, it wasn't even the same in California where I felt like, and I dated a lot more like secular guys in mm-hmm. California and especially in Los Angeles where like, I feel like they were, they don't take it as seriously. Mm-hmm. So then they would be more likely if that makes sense to ask you out. Whereas like yeah. in Nashville, it was more religious. So it was but like. But do you think that's good? Because I mean, I don't, you know, I don't <sighs> want to give too much credit to the secular world except that like having the, the um, flexibility and the liberty to ask a number number of girls out at least I mean I'm not saying like um you know have an intimate relationship with a lot of girls right but like have actually the the motivation to be like I- I'm gonna see what's out there you yeah know, I'm gonna get yeah. to know a lot of people because you yeah know, that, that's a good thing there just seems to be like a giant disconnect and I don't mm-hmm. really know what the answer is like I was even just talking with a couple guy friends the other day and both of them were saying like yeah I like I think and they're not Catholic or anything but they were like yeah I just I want to get married one day, I think, but like, I'm just going to, you know, it has to be someone really awesome. And I'm just going to let that come to me. Like kind of like, (laughs) kind of like very, and I think that's actually an attitude of a lot of guys that I've met. I don't think there's any malice in that, but they're just like, I don't want to try too hard. That seems to be like a really big thing in the millennial culture. I've noticed, like, I want to feel, I want to, I want to look and appear effortless Mm. and I don't want to be desperate. So I don't want to try at all. Basically like that's, and I feel like that's guys and girls. And also an unrealistic expectation. Um, right. Yes. Like he's not good looking enough. And I'm like, well, he's 16 and still has acne. <laughs> of course he's not. I mean, like, <laughs> but he's going to be really cute, you know, in like 10 years or whatever. Like, don't, don't just turn your nose up at every guy that likes you because he's not, you know, Brad Pitt or, when you know, his whatever. his brain is fully developed, everything else is going to catch up. Don't right. worry. Right. The pimples are going to go away, y'all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't, by the time you're 25, they're not that big of a deal anyway. Like, you realize there are other things that are important in the yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. I, that's another thing I've noticed, too. Like, especially in the Catholic culture, I had a lot of girlfriends. I've talked with a lot of girlfriends about dating. I just think it's such a fascinating subject. And so many different – I've heard from so many different people, like – 
oh, I don't want to like try to date because I just know God's going to bring me the right person. So they almost think it's like, they think it's a lack of trust in God if you try or if you put yourself out there, which I completely disagree with. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think you can trust God and you can also act like, I don't think God just wants you like, why that's, I I converse, I read that in some books somewhere, but they were saying like, if you, you know, when you want a job, you don't just sit on your couch and wait for a job to come to you. You put applications out. You totally. you ask around. You, you know, work the connections, whatever. Like, you're, you need to do actions. It doesn't mean you're not trusting in God. Right. You believe God's going to bring you the right job, but you need to put some work in. Like, yeah. that's how everything in life is. So why do we do the opposite for dating? It doesn't make sense. It's just common sense. I mean, it's just common sense that you yeah. would have to, to put in the effort, that you would have to do the things, do all the steps, and then, yes, rely on God for his intervention. But, yeah. But, I mean, it's a cooperative effort here. We do have in fact have free will like, yes he's not going to send you the perfect person and say this is the only one and that's another yeah. thing like <laughs> do you really think that there's just one person in this entire world that you would be happy with i don't think that's true no i don't believe in like the whole i think like the whole soulmate thing it's like you become a soulmate yeah that's totally. my opinion when you get married like okay this is my soulmate we you are choose to be reunited in the se- yeah you choose that but like i think there's probably multiple people i could have ended up with that i would have been perfectly happy with yeah. like I, I think that's also a very idealized part of our millennial culture that I really don't, I think it's toxic. And that goes back to what you were saying, like, um, Tracy, when you were saying like, um, oh, like he's not this enough. He's not that enough. It's like, yeah. we're picky about these things. Like, oh, he's not six feet. He's not, you know, there's, a, there's actually a, a book I read about that. I'm like blanking on the name right now, but about like how we are picky about the wrong things. Yes. Right. We're yeah. not picky totally. about like their character mm-hmm. or like how they treat the server at the restaurant. That's like a, a thing people always talk about. Like we need to be picky about the right things and then a little bit more open because God, I don't know. I really believe God gives you what you need, not yes. just what you want. And that was totally my fiance. Like when I first met him, I saw him and I was like, eh, not really my type. Like that was kind of just, <laughs> that was my first thought, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, but you know what my type was emotionally unavailable. Yeah. That was my type. <laughs> and, and you know, a fixer upper guy that needs a lot of therapy before he should be in a relationship. Yeah. That was my type. So of course it's not going to feel comfortable when I met this commitment minded, like true blue down to earth guy that was ready for that because it just was different than what I'd been going for. So if you keep doing the same thing over mm-hmm. and over, you got to expect you're going to get the same result, right? Yeah. <laughs> the definition you know, of insanity. Yeah. And you know, you yeah. often think about like, if you're really looking at those more superficial things, no one gets divorced over the superficial things. Right. No. Yeah. Like no one breaks up because he just wasn't tall enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> those things do pimples. not matter. <laughs> yeah. Well that was, yeah. When I, when I saw my fiance, we're both five foot nine. Mm-hmm. We're the same exact height. And I always was like, oh, they need to be at least a couple inches taller. But that literally the last thing in my mind, when I like think of how much I love him and how great our relationship is like, that's not no. an issue at all. But yeah. I probably would have thought that a couple years ago. Yeah. It's just funny to me. Well, we all get there. I mean, it's all a process. And you do realize at some point, okay, these are the things that matter. Yes. You know? And yeah. again, you, to, to spend time talking about those on the front end during the dating process too. Um, yeah. Because you can be attracted to someone based on the superficial. That's, I mean, yeah. that's And you need that, to have yeah. attraction. You absolutely need to. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit in terms of dating. Because in the Catholic culture, <sighs> we often have like the whole like um, – I, we, we will not sit with our with our arms touching until we are engaged. And then <laughs> we shall not touch lips until the wedding day. And I don't know how prevalent that is, but I do know people who really do subscribe to that, that, you know, dating philosophy. So did your parents, I know your parents were like, don't date, but like, was there ever any, I mean, I think that, that teaching, I think remote marriage preparation and the teachings on the theology of the body are completely yeah. appropriate. Yes. But I think we almost like the pendulum has swung so far in some Catholic circles where like, we can't even like, <laughs> like, again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to come down hard and fast. Cause I'm sure that it works for some people that they don't kiss until their wedding day. I actually am doing that. Are you doing? Yeah. Kiss- oh my gosh. <gasps> yeah. So did you decide that with him? Okay, so I actually, and that's another thing. I want to make a disclaimer that I don't think kissing is wrong. I'm not against it at all. My sisters didn't choose to do that. It was just something that I chose to do for myself. But Have I you always decided I, I decided that? when I was 17. Okay. I, I read a book that a lot of people actually hate, and I 
I don't I don't really want to discuss feelings on it. I don't really have any either way. I know what but it's about. I kissed dating Let's goodbye. Not say that name. <laughs> but that was yeah, honestly, but that book was the first place that I read the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And while I do think there is like a toxicity in a lot of the ways that there's like modern purity culture, I I liked the idea of that and I felt like for me personally it fit, but I definitely don't think it's wrong or bad yeah. to kiss or anything and I I probably would if I for just for some reason I at 17 I had like this very deep prayer experience where I felt God was calling me to that Mm -hmm. and I think it makes a lot of sense because honestly for me for me personally I feel like chastity is really hard and I feel like if I was if I was kissing I think I would have a hard time not going further yeah so I can kind of see for me personally like okay this makes sense but it's not for everyone and like you're saying like I also didn't want to have this like cold robotic relationship Mm -hmm. like Max and I are very physically affectionate with Mm -hmm. each other but we just have saved kissing and like everything else for Mm -hmm. marriage Mm -hmm. well and I'll say this like there's definitely something protective about it and I understand that completely yeah but my problem with the culture not with your relationship but with the culture is that it's out of fear it is totally out of fear yeah it's the fear that makes it so um just as you said like a little bit toxic like a little bit absolutely if we haven't informed people what our bodies are for and self-mastery and all of these things like of of course you're going to be fearful you know and then we have and people are just not going into may I say this I doubt many people go into this this mindset as informed as you were at 17. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. And and had, and had it, and had a realization prayerfully and also informed by reading. And you know, that's not how a lot of people at that age make decisions. Well, I, I definitely think there's a big part of it that has to do with fear, but then it's like, when you get to your marriage and I've been talking about this cause I'm about to be married pretty soon. And, um, I was talking to a few friends about this and I was like, it's, it's so weird to go, I'm sure I haven't experienced that yet, but like to go from being like, no, 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 we can't do this. Mm-hmm. We can't do this. No, no, no. And then suddenly it's like, okay, now we can do it. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Like, how are you supposed to adjust? <laughs> and I, and I know multiple friends who have saved themselves from marriage who are like, it was very difficult because I still felt guilty and ashamed mm-hmm. for doing this thing that I wasn't, you know, quote able to do. So it's like, I, but you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I'm, I'm not bad and then good. Yeah. It's like, it's good in the right context. And I'm trying to like get that into my brain because even though like, I feel like I've been very informed by theology of the body and I feel like I do have a healthy view of sexuality now, but I don't, I still feel like there is this sort of thing in me from just growing up. I don't know where it's like, there's so much toxicity around the messaging on sexuality in our culture. And I, I feel like I soaked in a lot of that Mm -hmm. just by being in the world. So I have to like talk to myself and be like, okay, unlearn (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think what we really want is we want to feel close to people. We Mm -hmm. want to feel connected and that's not sinful or bad to like to express that physically. Like that's a good thing. And there's a different line there. I don't know. So it's just, it's a very complex, very like touchy subject. And I'm always trying to be very careful because there's so many people that like haven't made that decision to wait till marriage or maybe they want to wait now and they're like, Oh, am I too late? Like, right. Am I damaged? And it's like, no, you're not right. Like the restart. Right. Like yeah. I've done this before, but right. now I've, I have a new plan. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was talking with a girlfriend about that recently. Like you are not like broken or damaged because you didn't make that decision. Like yes. not at all. If anything, in those moments, I guarantee And I know this from girlfriends I've spoken with, like, in those moments, you maybe you made a decision maybe that you are not happy about. You wanted love. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be connected. You wanted to be close. You're not an evil, bad person for doing that. Like, mm-hmm. and the fact that you want to restart, have a have a fresh start, that's beautiful, and that's going to honor your future spouse so much. So, like, Absolutely. be proud of yourself. And I I don't know, let go of that shame. I know that I'm like yes. I feel like I'm speaking to someone out there who might be listening, <laughs> but like, let go of that totally. shame because it doesn't have any place in your life. Mm-hmm. Amen. I Amen to that. So let me ask you this, because I have a friend who's like, I think one of nine sisters or something like that. And she said that um, her her family really kind of embraces the courtship model. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she's the oldest or the second oldest. So she's been married for a while. But as her younger sisters are dating, they're kind of all on group texts. And so all the sisters kind of get to just kind of include the new boyfriend or fiance or whatever in kind of their conversations and kind of ask him questions here and there because her theory is you're you're marrying my sister but you're also marrying into my family and so and I don't necessarily think (laughs) it's like from the parents I think it's the sisters they're real protective of each other so I'm curious do y'all keep your relationship super 
kind of private and, and this is between me and him or do they get looped into the, to the sisters and, and, uh, become not one of the girls, but (laughs) you know what I mean? I mean, I've got three girls and my two older ones are closer in age. And so they're on top of each other's, any boy that's talking or sweet or whatever, they're kind of up in each other's business, which sometimes I'm like, give her some space. That is annoying. You know, like <laughs> get your own life. But then sometimes I'm like, yeah, stay. Cause, cause then I like to go to ask the sister, like, is he, is he nice? Is he a nice guy? You know, I always want the intel, the deets. Um, and so it's nice <laughs> to have that many sisters to mm-hmm. keep you on the straight and narrow sometimes and call out, you know, maybe this is not the perfect person or, you know, or sometimes to ask the hard questions that mm-hmm. maybe, the sister in the relationship is a little shy or doesn't want to scare them off or just whatever the case may be. Is that how the Cimarelli family worked? Yes, definitely. We're very protective of each other, especially the sisters. And I remember, I mean, I'm not proud of this, but when I was 17, <laughs> there was a boy that I liked. And this was actually right around the time when I was deciding, like, I want to save my first kiss. And he was a total bad boy. And we would just hang out at night together, like by ourselves. And I would sneak out to meet him. And like my sister, she was probably 14 at the time, maybe 13, she texted me one day. She found out that I was going to meet him. And she's like, Catherine, you're grounded. She was so like, <laughs> she was so mad at me. And it's like, that's like the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about like your daughters. It's like, we are totally on each other's. And like, oh, my sisters all screened my fiance hardcore and gave me their opinions on likes, dislikes, everything. Like, and that's kind of how we are with each other. And it's like, sometimes it is kind of annoying because you're like, okay, it's my life. Like, let me make my own decisions. Right. But at the end of the day, you know that they love you. They know you really well, probably better than most people. Mm-hmm. And yes. they care about you. And that's, you know, that's what they, they want you to be happy. So, well, that's an interesting transition though, into marriage. I know you have one sister, you have one sister who's married. Yeah. My older sister. Yeah. Um, so how, how do you make that transition? Cause again, when you're, when you're not married and nobody's in the inner sanctum yet, right. The, yeah. No one's married in, you really can be that kind of open with each other and, um, critique and that stuff. But once you marry, like yeah. that puts up a, um, a yeah. boundary of critique that you as the married person have to be very protective of. Like I yes. can talk to my family about stuff that, that annoys me about my husband. Oh Yeah. Because I can't unsay any of that. And none of right. them love him as much as I love him. So you right. do have to like, how, how did, did you have to explore that with your sister's marriage? How do you anticipate that working once you get married? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say my older sister, I, I remember too, and I love her husband. I think he's a really great guy. I remember just thinking like, I mean, I don't know that I ever really critiqued him to her because she was the older sister. So I felt like I wasn't allowed to, but There's I a birth order thing there. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. But like ever since she's been married, my mindset has just been like, okay, always build him up. Always build yeah. him up. Like this is her husband. That being said, if your sister is in a relationship where she's being abused, yes. like that is when you need to speak up because that's like the type of stuff that you can't tolerate. So mm-hmm. like, I would say like, you know, my older sister, she's not being abused or anything, but I'm just kind of putting that out there. Like, I would say um, definitely you always want to build up your sister's um, spouses, I would say, unless you start to see like those danger signs or anything, then Mm -hmm. definitely speak out. But I would say that's probably where the line is. And and other than that, they say like, don't talk badly about your spouse to like your family or whatever, your friends, because it's just like a respect thing. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Okay. So I have have like a curiosity question for me. because you guys are so well known, like, you know, you have celebrity in, in your pocket as well. Like that complicates things, right? In terms of dating. Yes, or does it, it okay. does. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> did, did you, did you set out looking to date someone who didn't know who you were? Yes, I did. Because I have dated guys in the past that knew about the band and were super weird about it and just acted Tell like. Tell me what weird means. Just I like, know that. okay. So when you grow up <laughs> online and I, it's weird because I don't think of myself as like famous or anything, but it's. It's true. Like people know who I am, like just because of the band. And that's just a fact. And I have to get over that, I guess. But it it's annoying sometimes because you basically just lose your sense of trust. Like mm-hmm. any person I meet, I am automatically thinking like, how do, do they know the band? Mm-hmm. Are they just using me because of the band? Like it's just because you've, when yeah, you, you've oh, been used a million times. Yeah. So you just get used to it and you get your guard up. Um, so with dating, I really didn't want to date someone that knew about the band. That was like big for me. And it's funny. <laughs> You're like, what my, band? What band? Yeah, right? I know. And like, I knew I had to talk about it, but like, 
if they were like a fan or if they grew up watching me, I just saw that as a huge red flag. Um, so, which I know it kind of sucks, but it <laughs> could be so weird. It I know it's so like, weird. I don't, I never wanted someone to look at me as a fan. I, I wanted us to be on equal footing. Mm-hmm. So my fiance, bless his heart. I love him. He is not as much in touch with a lot of like modern music type stuff. <laughs> like he's, cause he's a, he's totally a sports guy. Okay, so right. he loves sports. He listens to podcasts. He rarely even listens. I don't think he has Spotify on his phone. Like he oh, doesn't wow. listen to music really. Um, except for like if it's on the radio, whatever. So he didn't had never heard of my band, and that was wonderful. But he was telling, I guess, so we met on a dating app, funny enough, very modern love story. Yeah. And um, he was telling a girlfriend, like girl space friend, obviously not his girlfriend, <laughs> uh, that he was going on a date with this girl. And he was like, Yeah, she's like in a band and with her sisters. And he hadn't even looked at our video, he didn't even know who I was. And she was like, wait a minute is it this band? And she pulled up our band and she showed him the night before the date. So like, so the night before the date, he said he wasn't nervous at all until he saw that. And he was like, wait, she's like, she has all these followers. Like, but it's, that's the thing. He still doesn't, he doesn't see people that way. So like, that was the distinction for me was he didn't see me as any different than him. He, he was definitely probably a little bit intimidated, but he didn't see me as like, oh, you're a celebrity and mm-hmm. I'm just like ordinary, you know? Mm-hmm. So like for me, that was the distinction there. Yeah, I can see <laughs> that, that would be a big obstacle just in creating authentic relationships in general. Yes, it is. I'm very guarded. Yeah. I'm very, very guarded. And with girls too, I'm the same yeah. way. I, I mean, it sucks, but you have to be because yeah. pe- people are weird and they're like, why didn't you tag me in that Instagram picture? I'm like, oh, get away. I hate, I hate. <laughs> if anyone mentions me tagging them, I'm like, red alert, red alert. Like, <laughs> red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you are using me. Ah, yes. abort mission. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, That's funny. So, when, oh, so when you started dating, how did you decide? I mean, other than this guy isn't a stalker. Yeah, <laughs> number one. Like, what were the things that you were looking for? Oh, man, so many things. Actually, I, I feel like, okay, I feel like for me, I was very protective of my heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched people I knew go through really tough marriages and that gave me like a huge guard. And I just thought like, okay, I need to find someone perfect. (laughs) That was really my first thought. Like I need to find someone perfect so that I don't get hurt. Mm -hmm. Like that was really the self-protective mechanism I have. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, in dating. Um, ironically, right before I met my fiance, I read a couple different books, um, about dating that totally changed my mindset oh. and just made me a lot more open. Like what? Do you remember um, the title one of them one was of? called um, How to Find a Date Worth mm-hmm. Keeping by um, Dr. Henry Cloud. And I love him. He wrote like the Boundaries book. Mm-hmm. But, um, and there's a couple other ones. But basically it was like, be open-minded and like just date people to get to know more people. Yes. So I actually started scaling back on my list mm-hmm. a lot. And it's funny because I feel like God very intentionally kind of put those thoughts in into my mm-hmm. mind like before I started dating my fiance because he wasn't Catholic mm-hmm. he was um just grew up in a completely like he's an only child he loves sports he's from the northeast I'm from California like we could not be and he's super introverted I'm very extroverted like we could not be more different um but there was something about him that I just felt this sense of trust yeah. and I think for me because I don't know, just growing up in such a weird situation with my career and my life, like I just, I don't feel trust with people easily. So that was probably the biggest thing I was looking for was just feeling a sense of trust and feeling emotionally and like spiritually everything safe with that person. Absolutely. Because I dated even guys that like really good Catholic guys that I never felt safe with. I felt like oh, I need to be like holy like them or like I need yeah. to be like holier than that. Like, you know, like someone show- that I'm not. Yeah, in, right. In competition. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And I realized that actually brought out, oh, you're good. Um, that brought out a- I'm hitting Catherine as I'm <laughs> hitting Catherine. <laughs> <You're> super cozy. <laughs> but yeah, like I actually found that like a lot of the guys I dated before, like it actually brought out a side of me that I didn't like to try mm. to get this like perfect on a pedestal type of guy. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like I needed to be on a pedestal. Yeah. And I didn't like the side of that that brought on me. I felt very, like, very anxious, very uncomfortable, very, like, I'm not good enough. But with Max, it was, like, he just is very humble mm-hmm. and very, um, I don't know, just very authentic. Like, mm-hmm. he will tell people like it is. Not in a rude way. Sometimes it can be a little sassy. Mm-hmm. But he's just very honest. And he doesn't – I've never seen him, like, say one thing and do another. Mm-hmm. Like, he's – there's no duplicity in him. And I love that about him. So, like, I think that was probably the biggest thing was just – a sense of trust and someone that I just 
really enjoyed being with, I guess. So we just talked about that on our last podcast. We were talking to um, Caitlin from Tea with Tolkien. Do you follow her on Twitter? No, she's oh my super gosh. fun. If you like Tolkien, she's really, really great. Oh. But we were discussing like love and literature and things. And um, my my quote that I brought was from Pride and Prejudice, where Lizzie says, "I didn't know myself until." now like it was love that helped her realize okay this is really who I am and I feel like that is a good marker for a good dating relationship or even moving into marriage like can you realize that this is really who you are are you still trying to be someone that you're not yes totally on airs are you are you doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do yes not that we shouldn't be doing things to please the person that we're dating or intending to marry right yeah we should be sacrificial we should be like looking to please them and but like is it making you a different person than yeah. you really are? Mm-hmm. Is it exhausting to date this person? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is it like bringing out like, I think everyone has like their worst side and their best side. And yeah. for mm-hmm. me, my worst side is over the top perfectionist, yeah. really anxious, like really not feeling good enough, like mm-hmm. constantly trying to prove my worth. That's totally me at my worst. And a lot of these, like the thing I had in my mind of the ideal you know, guy was actually bringing out that side of me, like yeah. even oh, in yeah. a really bad way. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we already talked about that. You guys, which I didn't know that you met on a dating app. Can yeah. you say which one? Yeah, it was Bumble. You were on Bumble? I was on Bumble. So have you done Hinge or Catholic Match? Um, I did Catholic Match okay. and Bumble. Those are the only, only two that two. I tried. Okay. Yeah. So did you have a good experience using those apps? Or oh, man. I don't know. I had a very, I, I think, I think probably a lot of people, if you're listening to this and you're on dating apps, it, it's varied. It's very, it's very varied. That's that's weird combo (laughs) words, but I would say, so I, I had Catholic match when I was, I think the first time I got, I was like 23 Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm going to die alone. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know. I just, (laughs) 23. I'm so, yeah, I just felt like I hadn't dated anyone in a while. And I, I lived in a town, I lived in Malibu, but a lot of people don't know Malibu is very actually isolated. It's like an hour outside of the city. There's 13,000 people, but you don't have like Target, like you just—it's just, it's just there's like no Target in Malibu. Yeah. News and there's class. a tiny I know. road. It's just a tiny little road. It's a tiny, from, yeah. Like, it's a tiny Los road Angeles to Malibu. Right, it's and beautiful it's just, once it's, you get there. It feels very isolated. Like everything closes down at eight p.m. Like it just feel, and obviously the tourists come in and everything swells, but it's it can feel very lonely. And I did start to feel that. I lived there for five years, and kind of in like that fourth year, I was like. But I downloaded Catholic Match at that time and I started going on dates with different guys in LA and it was like <laughs> it was a mixed bag. There are was they really Catholic because are there are there like, you know, people who like try to slip in? Um, there's definitely a mix. It's weird. I Weirdos. you have to be be very careful on dating apps because you don't know who this person is. They could be a murderer. Like you have to be very careful. How do you vet? That's what yeah. I've always wondered. Honestly, like, how do you know that the person I'm gonna go meet for coffee isn't gonna yeah. meet me with a shiv? Well, you bring yeah. your five sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I I felt comfortable because I'm a very intuitive person. I've always been good at reading people. I don't know why. I just am. And so I actually had a pretty good experience in terms of like safe, like not I didn't date all quality guys. That's for sure. But I, I always felt like I, I never felt like I was in danger. Always meet them in a public place yeah. in broad daylight. Like mm-hmm. do not meet them at night in some secluded area. That is yeah. a horrible idea. But yeah, so <laughs> Catholic match, it was a weird mixture like. Again, I felt like there was some guys that were just like very intense. Like mm-hmm. literally I had one guy, I remember he messaged me and within like the second message, he's like, so what are your thoughts on the Latin mass? Like, and oh, I think, and I think no. what he was trying to say was like, <laughs> I only want to be with someone that goes to the Latin mass. And like, you know, that's maybe that's what he wants. That's fine. But how I'm how long is your veil? <laughs> right. I, that's kind of the vibe that I got. Yeah. So like, there's the super extreme side of it. And then there was also some guys that were on there where like, you, you actually answer like a questionnaire on your views. And some of them would have like, do you believe in the church's teaching on say on, um, saving sex for marriage? And some of them would be like, no. And I was like, what? what are you even here Why for? are you on Catholic match? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like that seems like one one. but yeah. So I had, I had a mix. There was, I did date one guy who was really sweet and I actually thought like, oh my gosh, I could totally marry, marry this guy. But I ended up moving like three months later and he didn't want to do long distance. So definitely, and I realized that I was like, definitely not the one for me, but he was very, a very sweet, good guy. Bumble was different because I don't even know what, oh, you know what? Actually, this is a funny story. What prompted me to get on Bumble? My sisters made me an account. 
<laughs> they did not. They made me an account. They were like, you're okay. This is one thing. My sister, Lisa always gives me crap for this. She's like, you never flirt. You're so businessy with guys. Like you, she would always say like, you hand them your resume and you shake their hand. Like she's like, you never flirt. And I honestly don't like, fl- I never liked flirting. I thought it was fake. Yeah, yeah. And I always just wanted to have a genuine like connection with someone and then like slowly start flirting with yeah. them after I really knew them. So I just, I don't do that with guys. I don't know. So a lot of times they didn't think I was interested. So my sisters made me an account and I was actually kind of mortified. My sister put in the bio waiting till marriage. And like, even though like, I think that is an important thing that I want to share early on, but I'm like, you put that in my bio. Like that's a personal piece of information. Like I'll say that within like two, two dates, but I, I don't know. So I was just, I was kind of mortified. Did you take it out? Um, did you leave it? I kept it in for the first like round. This is me. I would have Bumble for two weeks at the most. And I would get so overwhelmed by the messages because the the ratio of guys to girls is so crazy. Like there's tons of guys on these apps and there's a very small amount of girls. Oh, I thought it was opposite. It's, it's totally like many guys and not many girls. And you just get bombarded with messages. And so I would get so overwhelmed. I would just delete it. I would have it for two weeks delete it. Six months later, I'd make it again for two weeks, delete it. I had a pattern and on probably the third or fourth cycle of that. And also during this whole thing, I went on three or four dates having this app, like over the course of probably two years. Mm -hmm. And on the fourth cycle of it, that's when I met my fiance. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it was crazy, but, but it's ironic because right before I met him, I actually had a very, very painful Mm -hmm awful dating experience but I do think that's what led me to meeting my fiance ironically enough because you can't see the light without the darkness you can't exactly and you and that was a thing that it really drove it home kind Mm -hmm. of like coming full circle to what we talked about in the beginning but like I didn't know my worth I feel like in dating and so right before my fiance I dated another guy that I met on Bumble also and he totally did not want to be in a relationship and he even said that after like a month and a half after I had just started really liking him, he's like, oh, by the way, I don't, I'm not looking for anything serious. And I was like, what? But then I spent the <laughs> next several months trying to yeah. like convince him. And it just brought me to like this deep core wound and that I had for the next six months, I was like mourning and crying and like so sad over this guy. And just, I actually wrote a song about it. It's called Where It All Ended. And if you look it up on Spotify, it's probably the, the saddest breakup song ever written, but it's like it's five and a half minutes long, but it's like, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> This is going to air a couple weeks after Valentine's Day, so people might need it. You might need it, yeah. People break up after Valentine's Day. Yeah. You wait until Valentine's Day so you can actually do the Valentine's thing, and then there's a trend. Oh, yeah, there's a trend. I saw that. Right after. Yeah, well, we have an album called Sad Girls Club, so listen to that if you want. (laughs) That's hilarious. If you need it. But no, but ironically, that was like my second to last Bumble experience was this one guy that it just broke me to the core. Mm -hmm. And I really think it made me realize I was like, I don't like the feeling of constantly chasing someone and I just I don't want to do so much work I want someone to pursue me and I kind of made this deal breaker in my mind like okay if they're not pursuing me I'm not I'm not about it and then after I decided that within like two months I had met my fiance it was crazy okay so why did you say yes or why did Max say yes okay I guess that's my question I don't understand like was there (laughs) was there who reached out Okay, And then what made either of you be like, yes, this person who I have nothing in common with. (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) Well, honestly, it was weird. So Bumble is funny. It's like the girl has to message the guy first. Okay. So I guess they do that. I guess it actually weeds out a lot of creepers. I liked that because I felt more safe. I didn't want to just get messages from creepy dudes. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to control people like, okay, this guy looks pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Like I'll reach out to him. And I had a pretty good experience for the most part. Um, but I just was at this place where I was like, I haven't really went on a date in like a while. And I just kind of want to, I feel like I'm getting a little rusty. So I just want to reach out and go on dates with guys that look mm-hmm. nice and normal yeah. enough. I was open. I wasn't even thinking like Catholic, which is pretty mm-hmm. radical for me. Cause I, before I was like, mm-hmm. they must be Catholic. Ah! Like I was so adamant about that. And I still wanted that, but I was like, maybe I just need to go on some dates and experience some things. And then I'll find my husband. I don't know at some point, but, um, when I went on the date with him, it was funny. Like I found out all about him and I was like, wow, we are really different. And I found out that he wasn't Catholic. He wasn't even religious at all. Like just kind of grew up in a non-religious family. And I was like, huh, okay, well this is really different. And, but I would pray about it all the time. Like literally every single day, like, God, I'm so scared. This is like so different. But every time I prayed about it, I had such a feeling of peace. And I always, I would go to adoration. That was like when I fell in love with going to adoration and I would hear like, these interior voice of like this prayer answered that was like, 
wait, see what I'm going to do. Wait, just keep going. Like, like he, I don't know. I just kept getting all this affirmation about Max. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I felt so much peace and I felt like I could trust him. And I felt like he was just such a good soul. He had like all the moral, like compass of the type of man that I would want. And and I mean, not to put anyone down, but like even more so than a lot of the guys I dated who were Catholic mm-hmm. Christian, like he was, I felt walking the walk mm-hmm. more than a lot of people I knew who were talking the talk. Mm-hmm. So that was really what drew me to him way more than, cause obviously we didn't have a lot in common, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we had such a like soul connection that kind of trumped everything else. And he was just very radically open to like dating someone different, yeah. going to mass, praying together. Like he was so into it and very like, I don't know, just so radically open-hearted about it that I was like wow this guy's really special I don't know so. him very well but he does seem like such a good guy <laughs> he's I'm really sweet so happy for you guys. <laughs> I'm so thankful for him I love him so much yeah that's all. what a great story I didn't know that I didn't know that that's how you guys met and it's crazy but but I can totally see how that fits into what God was doing in terms of your heart for authenticity that that it wasn't about um I mean obviously it's about compatibility but not in just as we were saying the the periphery things like yes you, like you were getting down to the Core. Yeah, yeah. And, that, totally. and that God let you do that. Yeah, in a way that was Oof. so unexpected. Is, yeah. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful love story. Thank you. I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> so excited. Okay, I have one last question. Do you know what a the Catholic Yinta is? No. <laughs> so Fran, Fran's a researcher, I and mean, when she's preparing for a podcast tonight before she reads everything, I'm a winger. Obviously, I wing. <laughs> But she she's a planner, and so she um, she was. I'm assuming this is why you were reading it last night. Yeah, we were texting uh, no, about no, no, something. I was, and I was looking for a Catholic yenta so I could hire for my children. No, she, <laughs> she said I'm reading about a Catholic yenta, or I think you just said yentas. I'm I'm reading, and I'm like, what what is that? <laughs> I could have googled it, but I, it's it just like easier lentil? to ask Fran. Do you make soup with it? She she says a Catholic matchmaker. It's a thing, I guess, at Catholic churches that do like speed dating. It's the opposite of Bumble. There's way more women who are showing up to these, you know, events and Mm -hmm. very few men. And it's Hmm. kind of soul crushing because you're like, all right, there's two, two dudes and all these women. So somebody went on Catholic Twitter to kind of complain about it. Like, what is up with these guys? It's like $10 cocktails, appetizers, lots of women you could possibly meet and they're not even showing up like what we're talking about. I think there's just such a, um, meeting in person and getting to know somebody in person is so intimidating and so countercultural. So this gal who saw it on, uh, saw it blow up on Catholic Twitter. Apparently she really prides her. I'm taking your story, Fran, cause it's totally yours, but Fran sent it to me, but she, she went on the Jen Fulweiler show and like started talking up, how good of a matchmaker she is. And she's like huge now. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that like crazy? Thousands and thousands of people have oh sent my her like this Google Doc of things <gasps> that they are interested in. And she she's making it her business. Like she wow. was a... She was the what, what? What news agency did she work for? I can't even remember. I'm not but, sure. Like, she she worked for a news agency, and I think she's actually maybe even quit her job to become the Catholic Yenta. Whoa, that's really what is it? I don't get. What does the word Yenta mean? It means busybody, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's maybe it's Yiddish. It's Jewish. Oh, okay. So, you know, I was going like, to say yeah. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make yeah. match. So that's kind of like the vibe of it. Okay. But she's doing it for Catholics instead of for yeah. Jewish people. But I think other cultures have it. Like Indian cultures have it because you know okay. they have their kind of caste system where they can only marry within their caste and many of their marriages are prearranged. Mm-hmm. In fact, when Matt was in medical school, he knew several um, young um, women who were physicians whose parents were still arranging their marriages. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Because of their culture. Mm-hmm. And so obviously yeah. we don't really have that culture in the Catholic church, but we're getting it. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a matchmaker. That's so funny. I always wondered if that actually worked, but. Well, I mean, she, and I listened to her give an interview and she was like, a lot of it is instinct. A lot of it is prayer. A lot of mm-hmm. it is, um, you know, just the, the the things that you can't put on paper, but obviously you need things yeah. on paper to be able to make these matches. But she, I think she might be even, she's a little overwhelmed now and oh, looking yeah. for people around the country to help her. Oh so my gosh. You yeah. you have good intuition. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, honestly, I do. And I've tried to set people up. I, it hasn't really worked out so far because I think there's also like, maybe two people are a great match, but they have to be open. Yes. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why dating apps are becoming like, there's like actually the percentage of people meeting their spouses Mm -hmm. and getting into very serious relationships from dating apps is like skyrocketing. Like, and I think it's because it's the one place where 
like when you go to a social event, so many people don't have the language to be like, hey, can I take you on a date? Like, I would like to get to know you better. That just doesn't happen. Because it's like, they don't have emojis. Right. <laughs> they don't, yeah, they don't have their, like the screen. So I yeah. feel like dating apps, it's like, I am here looking for, well, people are looking for all kinds of things, but you know, <laughs> a lot of people are looking for a relationship yeah. and they're like, I'm here, let's go on a date. So it's like, you're actually viewing people in this sort of like, okay, should we date type of thing, which is very rare. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's becoming so popular because it's like, yeah, like, I don't know, just getting people together to be like, let's date each other. Like that just is very well, uncommon. Like everybody's already walked through the vulnerability threshold of I'm looking for something because a lot yeah. of us want it. We want it to be like, I'm not looking for anything. It, just, just, happened. it just happened. It just to came me. to my front door. <laughs> exactly. But obviously yeah. that's not how it happens. Yeah. So I no. think just breaking down that wall of that initial vulnerability is so essential. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, yeah. that's so cool. Do we want to do fun. last little bit? Let's do it. So we end Let's up, do. we end all of our podcast by like just saying a last thing. It doesn't have to do with dating. It doesn't have to do with anything. It can just cool. be like a thought that came to my mind. If you want to, you know, do a poetry jam right now, you could just like <laughs> lay something down for the oh, first time right here. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, we're just going to, you know, end, end with just a little, a little farewell of thought, something on your heart or your mind. And you can go last since we're just springing oh. it on you. And if you don't want to do it, you can also say pass. Oh, that's so cute. I like that. So we do this, Catherine, because we, um, we, as we talked about this before, we were friends and we'd go on these long walks and we'd talk our hearts out, blah, blah, blah. Tracy. What? We still are friends. Oh, we still are friends, but we were, we. Friends in (laughs) person. We were friends. Friends for, yes. We were friends in the, in the person, in the, um, anyways. And we go in the flesh. Do not say in the flesh. (laughs) (laughs) I I I was like, this is getting weird. (laughs) So we would talk and walk, talk and walk. And then we'd get back to whoever's house that we started at. And we couldn't just stop talking. So we would sit there for like 10 or 20 more minutes sometimes until like we had to go. So this is our last little bit because usually we have trouble just like ending something. Mm -hmm. So we're going to end it after our last little bit. You want to go? Me first? Sure. I mean, my last little bit is actually um, somewhat of an assignment. If you guys know about the the dating project, have you heard of the dating project? I watched the movie. Did you, it was did you so like it? good. I liked it. Yeah. So um, my eldest, when he started dating, this was kind of a resource that we used um, for, you know, just how to do normal dating in the world. And it was derived from a professor at Boston College, I believe, who... Um, was noticing that people of that generation, millennial and younger, were having enormous difficulty just like doing the basic task of asking people out. And yeah. and the repercussions of that were just demoralizing. Like people mm-hmm. were not able to create dating relationships. In fact, I think like she noticed it because she had taken like maybe eight of her senior students out to ice cream one day and just started asking them about their dating life. And one of them, I think, had been on a date in college. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> That's bonkers, super duper bonkers. And so she was like, we have got to fix this. And so she came up with a dating assignment for like her next semester class where she told the kids, these young adults, they're not kids, but told these young adults, um, this is what I want you to do. You have this X amount of time to do it. And it had 13 steps to the dating assignment or not even steps, like requirements. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but like things that we've already talked about, like we're including the assignment, like you have to you have to go on a date basically was the outcome but and you have to ask in person you know because it mm-hmm. is so much easier to send a text totally yeah. easy you know um it, so you have to ask in person um you have to ask within 3 days so i guess i don't really i don't remember the story whether or not it was like 3 days from when the assignment was given like you had to have a date in 3 days do you remember that, that- oh oh yeah it had to be like within a, like a week or something okay yeah um it has to be for romantic interest, meaning like you can't just ask your BFFs just to get cred, right? You have to actually in, have an interest in this person. It has to be a new person to you. Like you haven't, you cannot have been on a previous date with that person. Um, the date, oh, this was something that I actually did tell my son. I was like, it needs to be between 45 and 90 minutes, no shorter, no longer. Like it, there needs to be, it needs to be finite and predetermined mm. so that it doesn't just like linger, linger, linger. Because the linger, linger, linger creates expectations mm-hmm. for the day that don't yeah. need to exist on a first yeah. date. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Short and sweet. Totally. <laughs> um, you need to make a plan. Don't ask the person, what do you want to do? Oh my goodness. I mean, that was something. Number one, I hate planning stuff. 
You know, I just don't like to. So if someone were to ask, like when Matt plans something, that is a gift to me. Mm, so if I, yes. So if, and not that I, and I think it's because I'm a control freak and I want like, if, if well, I, we talked about this, I think it's like being the oldest yes. or one of the oldest in the family. Like you're so used to planning everything that when someone else will do it for you, you're like, wow, this is actually really nice. Every once in a while, just be taken care of, you know? It's yeah. so nice. Absolutely. And then if you're, if you're doing the asking, you're doing the paying. Um, you know, we grew up, Tracy and I, you might not know this, we're an older generation, where the guys usually always paid. I mean, that was that was actually a thing. My sister has the funniest story about expecting that to be the case and it not being the case and it being really weird because the guy ended up buying his own meal and Bree didn't bring any money on the <gasps> date. And oh, she, no. told him, she told him, I'm so sorry, I didn't bring my wallet. And he was like, oh, that's too bad. And he ordered like a whole meal for himself and she ate nothing on the date. <gasps> oh, <laughs> I'm like, couldn't you like Venmo him? I, well, it was way before Venmo. Oh, okay, okay, I mean, okay. way before Venmo. Yeah. But, but, or just like say, oh my goodness, let's go get ice cream and I'll buy you ice yeah, cream. Yeah, why or, is he eating in front of you? That's just plain rude. Well, like, and they were at a place where the people like brought around breadsticks. And so the woman was like, <laughs> she's like, honey, do you want a breadstick? And I don't remember if we accepted it or declined it, but she was like, that was the worst. It was oh man, terrible. that is horrible. But, yeah, and and he did ask her out. Like it wasn't as though Brie, you know, put out the the invitation. Feelers. So again, if you ask, you pay is is part yeah, of the assignment. I like that. That's a good rule. You ask, you pay. But only ten. That's another rule is that you don't, you don't need to be splurgy. It needs to be like coffee. It needs to yeah. be ice cream. It needs to be something or like, like go on a walk, like totally. go on a hike, you know, yeah. something. But if you don't know them, do it in like a really public place. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a trail. <laughs> yeah, no, no touchy, no, no effect, no physical affection for on a first date, which I think is, if that's the rule, I think it's a great rule yeah. because it's some, again, it doesn't, it, you don't have unknown expectations mm-hmm. and you know things don't have to linger in the weirdness of like what's gonna happen now <laughs> like, but or- to me part of like the first and second and third date is kind of those awkward moments like mm-hmm. our kids will say it's so awkward like they went one kid went to the movies and there was a group of them but it was kind of so my girl and the boy could you know maybe hang out together and they were like she was like oh it was so awkward I'm like but that's that's you had to learn how to be awkward. <laughs> I and totally to, did that when I was young too. Yeah, it's you a group got that thing, that's, but it's really for your benefit because mm-hmm. you're not allowed to date. <laughs> yeah, it's always going to be awkward when you first meet oh, someone. Oh, it's so awkward. Everyone's know? staring at you, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and you hold your hand, you. it just feels like a dead fish, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I hate this. It's not romantic at all. Yeah, oh, for sure. Okay, go for it. Sorry. Well, no, I'm not going to give it. I want everyone to look up the dating project online and you can read the rest of the rules. I went over most of them, but it's really cool. And, you know, if you're in the dating scene or know someone who is, these are really just good. They are common sense and yet they're not today. Yeah. Yeah. They're things that kind of have to be reintroduced as these are good ideas when dating guys. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Those are great guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go, Tracy? Sure. Well, do you have yours? Um, I have mine, but you can go. You can go. I'll go last. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay, so mine's not really that profound, except for that I introduced to my um, to Fran and Catherine earlier today the Lily's Stevia Sweetened Dark Chocolate Covered Almonds, <laughs> yes. and they're so good. And I feel like when you're at a place in your relationship or your marriage where you buy your beloved something that you want for yourself <laughs> for Valentine's Day, that is called agape <laughs> <laughs> and we tell our kids all the time we're in the agape phase and they're like you're so gross but my mom used to, I will never forget the year my mom for Christmas gave my dad um it was like bejeweled candies because she wanted to put like fake candy on in a like a crystal bowl in our formal sitting room and so my dad got these and she was like I've been wanting that and then she got, um, my sister's husband, like, China. And, and so I'm like, I'm there. So yeah. he got almonds that I ate today. And that's all. <laughs> and that just means that we're in a really good place. Means you're super in love. That means we, he loves me enough to let me eat his gift. That's so funny. <laughs> what you got? Okay, well, I feel like this is, like, a deeper thing. So I'll just try to say it in, like, a brief way. But since it is Valentine's Day, and we're, I feel like we're talking about dating, we're talking about love, um, 
I also want to give a shout out to anyone who's single, who's mm-hmm. listening to this. And just, just a reminder, because I was single. I mean, I, I dated people, but it was always brief. And I was usually, I wasn't really serious about it um, till I was 25. Mm-hmm. So I was single for a quarter of a century for the most part. Um, and I just want to give you guys a shout out and say that the, the person, the only person that you're always going to have, no matter what, even if you are married, whatever, but that person you're going to have is yourself. Mm-hmm. And so learning to just love yourself, to meet, meet the needs that you have in the way that you can treat yourself. Like if you're, I don't know, my sister and I were talking about this recently. It's kind of funny, but like you don't have to wait to go on a date. Like take yourself on a date, go to your favorite movie, like have, have a bubble bath. Like, I don't know, buy yourself flowers. Like remember that you have to love yourself first and you can't really love another person if you're not filling up your own tank. And I feel like that goes even beyond. Like I have to remind myself that with my like fiance, I can't just pour into him. I have to pour into myself. So really just remember that when they say love your neighbor as yourself, you need to love yourself. And that's very important. Yeah. Very important. So I just want to leave people with that. And your worth does not your worth is not defined by you being in a relationship. So please don't, that's such a lie in our culture. So don't believe that you're not, you're not more worthy because you're in a dating relationship. Like you're still just as worthy and your life has just as much purpose and mission to it. So and I love, love yourself. You, and I love what you said earlier that God was speaking to you in adoration that just wait and see, wait and see what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, right. Trust, trust me. Yes. You, yeah. there's a song, Danny Goki, maybe that'll be the, the culmination of my last thing is <laughs> Danny Goki has a song. Um, haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like, maybe you've been praying and waiting for something, but maybe you just haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's going to happen tomorrow, you know, or maybe it's just today to love yourself. So that's my little thought. I love that. Thank <laughs> you. you. This is so fun. This is so fun. This is awesome. <laughs> we could talk forever. We really yeah. could. <laughs> but we're recording on Valentine's Day, so we need to go do Valentine's things. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye, Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful. Thank you.